0: This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network for Thursday, November 28th, 2019. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here. As always, I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. And every Monday through Friday, we are here talking some Penn State football. Lots of stuff to get into with today's episode. It is Thursday, so we're doing our regularly scheduled Big Ten weekend preview. Of course, we'll also take a look at some of the other action going on around the top 25. And if you heard yesterday's episode where we ran through some of the more promising bowl outlooks for Penn State, there's a little bit more to be paying attention to if you're a Penn State fan around the world of college football this weekend. So we'll tell you which games you should have a rooting interest in as we run down everything else that's going on around the country in the final weekend of the regular season of college football. Before you know it, the bowl games are going to be here. So we have a lot of stuff to get into in today's episode. I also have some Thanksgiving thoughts that we'll share in the opening segment, of course, because it's one of my favorite holidays. Maybe it's one of yours. As I said before, we do these podcasts every Monday through Friday. You can subscribe in your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We also have an RSS feed. So if I didn't mention your favorite podcasting platform or app, make sure you add the RSS feed into whatever device you may be using. And, of course, if you want to help us out, you can leave a rating, leave a review, because we appreciate the feedback, and it does help promote the show in those various podcasting apps. So we appreciate any support you guys can lend us as well. We also want you to be a part of the show, so make sure you're following us on Twitter at Nitty and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Nitty. All right, so stuff your plate with as much food as you possibly can, and let's get into today's episode. I make absolutely no secret of the fact that Thanksgiving is my personal favorite holiday. I think the combination of food, family and of course football it's just the perfect combination it's very difficult to beat November also happens to be my favorite month. And maybe it's because my birthday is earlier in the month. But for whatever reason, Thanksgiving has always been the number one holiday for me. Yes, I love Christmas. There's no question about that as well. But for me, there's just been something different about Thanksgiving. Maybe it's the first time all year where I get to have stuffing as a, a side dish. I don't know. It feels like it's the only time of the year when I have stuffing, which brings me to my top three thanksgiving side dishes for any thanksgiving and they are the classics as far as i'm concerned and i'm going to say number one is the undisputed champion mashed potatoes. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. But if you don't have mashed potatoes on my dish before Thanksgiving, we're going to have some problems. Now there are some good mashed potatoes. There are some bad mashed potatoes, but if you get a good mashed potato and a good gravy. It is very difficult to beat. I will load up a whole plate of just mashed potatoes. I don't care about the carbs. <laughs> I'm taking them all in and load up with as many of the mashed potatoes side dishes as possible because I'm going to eat them all. I'm also a fan of the green bean casserole. I know it's uh, it's a love it or hate it kind of a side dish. For me, I kind of like it. And then, now my mom has always made a broccoli casserole. So it's kind of the same idea, but made with cr- uh, Ritz crackers, I think, as the crumbly top uh, with broccoli instead of green beans. Either one, I am probably the biggest fan at any Thanksgiving meal I attend of that side dish. And I feel like my mom has made that one just for me at some time. So that to me, it's probably the only way I'll enjoy eating broccoli. But I, for whatever reason, that I just love a good broccoli or green bean casserole. And I feel like that I'm the biggest fan of that every Thanksgiving I go to. So I'm always happy when somebody has it on the table there. And I mentioned it already, stuffing. I don't care what you think about stuffing. I will eat all the stuffing, <laughs> just like the mashed potatoes. Stuffing, it feels like I have it once, maybe twice a year. Thanksgiving is a absolute given. And I'm not too picky about the stuffing. You can, t- you can take the stovetop stuffing. That is perfectly fine with me. I will eat that all day long. I'll have leftovers on Friday. I'll finish off the leftovers on Saturday, maybe Sunday. But those are my top three Thanksgiving side dishes. Mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, and stuffing. I do want to get to one other thing that I love about Thanksgiving, but I do want to take a moment just to share my thanks to you guys for helping me along with this podcast since we got started with the the relaunch with me taking over as the host. I know there had been some listeners, maybe you guys are still listening to the podcast from the previous iteration of the podcast, and if so, I'm very thankful that you guys have continued to stick around. Give me a chance to add some Penn State commentary into your daily lives. And I really do appreciate the support that we've been getting. A lot of good feedback since we got started in late September. I think September 30th was actually the first episode. So really the start of October is when we started doing this podcast on a daily basis. It's been a grind. I'm not going to back away from that, but it's one that I have very much enjoyed. Uh, you know, It's made for a couple of late nights here and there, but I've gotten into a little bit of a routine and I'm very thankful to be here talking about Penn State football in this kind of capacity. It's gotten me back in the podcasting swing of things and I absolutely... I love that. I've been looking for something that was going to get me back into podcasting and the feedback and the conversations that I've had with some people that um, have been listening to the podcast and providing their feedback. It's been truly a grateful experience for me. And I want to make sure that you guys know that I'm very thankful that you guys are giving me a chance to add the commentary to a very crowded podcasting and Penn State coverage scene. There's a lot of options for Penn State commentary and coverage. And I just appreciate you guys allowing me some time every day to be a part of that. So I'm very thankful for that. Now, the other thing I love about Thanksgiving is the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. And yeah, this is true for pretty much every holiday. I'm a huge Peanuts fan, always have been. I was gr- I grew up on Peanuts and Charlie Brown, but the Thanksgiving episode is pretty darn good. Obviously, the Christmas special is number one, uh, the Halloween special, very good too. Thanksgiving is a pretty good one, but I do have some issues with it. Okay, first of all peppermint patty is one of the rudest peanuts characters there has ever been as far as i'm concerned at least one along the mainline characters and you know maybe she's designed that way by charles schultz but peppermint patty just invites herself over to a thanksgiving dinner at charlie brown's house i mean who does that i mean the nerve of her Uh, um i don't know marcy tries to interfere and kind of put peppermint patty in her place but that's never really going to happen uh peppermint patty rudest peanuts character there ever was Uh, But I did always want to have a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving with a main course of toast and some popcorn and I think jelly beans, maybe pretzels. I I don't remember, but that, to me, would, would just be a fun little, uh, you know, maybe not the main course of Thanksgiving, but it'd be kind of fun to have a little bit of a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving sometime, maybe like the day after or something like that. Uh, have some toast and popcorn and jelly beans. It just feels like a good Charlie Brown uh, meal. Of course, uh, Peppermint Patty didn't like that. She was expecting a full turkey and everything, but again enough of peppermint patty i also want to have a fight with a lawn chair like snoopy did um snoopy got his butt kicked by a lawn chair uh it's one of my favorite scenes of all time in all of those peanuts uh holiday specials i I use that image of snoopy fighting the uh, the lawn chair as my facebook (laughs) banner page on my uh, my own facebook page and it's just a scene that cracks me up every time i see it Uh, you know after all these years i still look forward to seeing that so i would love to have a fight with a lawn chair and then follow it up with a main course of toast popcorn and jelly beans Without getting too deep into it, I did always think it was kind of odd that Franklin is sitting on the one side of the table all by himself at Thanksgiving dinner. Now, if you know the history of the Franklin, the character of Franklin and how Charles Schultz brought him into the Peanuts family, you know that there is a much more positive reasoning behind all that. But you know, just seeing him sitting on the one side of the table by himself just kind of irks me a little bit to this day. That's all I'm going to say about that. And of course, Woodstock is a cannibal. In the closing credits, you see Snoopy and Woodstock enjoying a fine turkey meal that I guess they were hiding from the rest of the gang for until they left for Charlie Brown's grandmother's house. And then, of course, Snoopy brings out the turkey and he starts slicing it up and serving it to, to himself and, of course, Woodstock. And, uh, you know, it's something that I never really thought about until more recent years when somebody pointed out that Woodstock is eating another bird. And my goodness, my world changed the moment that I realized that. And now I can never unsee the, uh, the savageness of Woodstock in those closing scenes there for the, the Thanksgiving peanuts special. So that's all I'm going to say about Thanksgiving in the next segment. We'll begin our big 10 weekend preview coming up right here on the Locked On knitting Lines podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. time now to take a look around week 14 of the big 10 schedule. And of course, this is the final weekend of big 10 play before Ohio state will face either Wisconsin or Minnesota in the big 10 championship game next week. We'll talk about Minnesota and Wisconsin in just a minute, but our big 10 action begins on Friday with a matchup between number 17, Iowa at Nebraska, big matchup here in Lincoln because Nebraska needs to beat the Hawkeyes in order to become bowl eligible. Of course, Nebraska has been riding the fence here of bowl eligibility, a season where some were hyping them up to being the team to beat in the Big Ten West. Obviously, that was not the case. It's going to come down to Minnesota, Wisconsin. Iowa still going to finish a couple games ahead of Nebraska, regardless of the outcome here. If you're a Penn State fan, you know what the rooting interest is here. You want to root for Iowa because you still want to have as good of a quality strength of schedule as you possibly can at the end of the season, just to make sure that Penn State holds into a firm position for their bowl possibilities and staying ahead of the Florida Gators is probably a key right now. We can talk about that as we move on here, but obviously Iowa has been a much better team than Nebraska. Iowa has dominated this series actually, since Nebraska came into the big 10. So obviously Iowa should be the favorite here. They're actually a five and a half point favorite on the road against Nebraska. Kind of like that too, because I feel like Iowa is the better all around team, but there is something to be said here. I do think that Nebraska is going to find a way to end the season on a positive note and i think that it's very possible nebraska could win this game i'm probably still leaning toward, more towards iowa but i definitely think nebraska gets a cover here at the very least so your rooting interest here is for iowa i think iowa wins but i think nebraska covers and they're certainly going to be making this a little bit more interesting and i think it would be a good way for the season to end for nebraska just getting some kind of optimism moving forward that is our only big 10 game on friday though so we move ahead to our saturday afternoon slate and of course It starts at noon with uh, Ohio State, the new number one team in the college football playoff rankings, taking on number 13 in the playoff ranking, Michigan. We know we've been talking about this for the last few weeks. Michigan has been playing very well. We talked about it earlier this week. It's not really a surprise to me to see Michigan being ranked ahead of Penn State in the polls uh, from the AP and the coaches. Obviously, the college football playoff poll is the only one that matters, and that situation is much different here with Penn State coming in a couple spots ahead of Michigan. But your rooting interest here, as far as the bowl possibilities is concerned, you have to root for Ohio State. Because if Ohio State goes on to play in the college football playoff, it opens up a potential door to the Rose Bowl, still keeps Penn State in a good position for the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl at the very least. If Michigan wins this weekend, though, that could throw a little bit of a wrinkle into the entire bowl outlook for Penn State. So you're obviously rooting for Ohio State to win this game hand Michigan a loss, drop them to nine and three, definitely would keep Michigan behind the order, the pecking order compared to Penn State. You know, certainly I think a win by Michigan would catapult Michigan ahead of Penn State in the college football playoff rankings. That's just my opinion. I feel like that that's probably where it would be heading going into those conference championship games with no other games left to uh, leave any points made. So I do think Ohio State's going to win this game. But I do think that Michigan gives them a really good game here. I, like I said, I think this Michigan team has been playing really well. I don't think it's a fluke. And I think that they're fully capable now of giving Ohio State a little bit of trouble and make them play into the fourth quarter, kind of like Penn State did last week. I do think Michigan's going to get off to a better start offensively, though. Uh, but I do think Ohio State certainly has uh, a lot riding on this game. And I think they've got the talent to prevail here. So I think Ohio State flexes their muscles against Michigan one more time. Ohio State's a nine-point favorite in Ann Arbor. Kind of like Michigan to cover that one. uh, Because like I said, I don't think this Michigan playing well the last few weeks. I don't think it's a fluke. And I think it is entirely capable of giving Ohio State a chance to be competitive into the fourth quarter. As we saw at Penn State last week. So I think Ohio State gets it done. I think Michigan covers. So I've got two home dogs Uh, covering the spread this weekend but coming up on the losing end also at noon eastern illinois at six of five is taking on northwestern northwestern just kind of ready to move on to next season you know pat fitzgerald in no job uh, situation where he's going to have to be worried about his position obviously but uh, i do think this is a rough year for northwestern and it's about time it comes to an end and i think illinois getting a chance to end the season the regular season at home with a possible win against northwestern would be huge gets them to seven wins And would guarantee that they're going to have a winning record for Lovey Smith. So it's been a fun ride the last month or so for Illinois. Maybe a month and a half. Illinois is a big favorite here. Eight and a half points. Kind of like that one too. So I think uh, think Illinois gets the job done against Northwestern. Celebrates a a nice win in that little rivalry series. Another rivalry series going on at noon. Indiana 7-4. Taking on Purdue 4-7. Again, your rooting interest here, if you're Penn State, is rooting for Indiana. Get Indiana to eight wins. Eight win Indiana. Hashtag eight win Indiana, right? Uh, so I think that that's uh, another good quality win that Penn State could have on the resume. Again, I don't know how much it ultimately impacts the final decisions that are going to be made by the playoff committee as far as the Bulls are concerned. But having another good quality win under Penn State's belt would certainly help the cause. So getting Indiana at eight wins uh, is entirely doable. I think it's entirely realistic that it happens. Uh, Indiana is a six and a half point favorite against Purdue. I I don't necessarily think I uh, overlook Purdue here, but I do think Indiana gets this win and covers on the road in ross Eight Stadium at noon on Saturday. Moving ahead to 3:30. Of course, Penn State is going to be playing Rutgers. We've talked about that game a little bit, and there's no reason to doubt that Penn State should win this game. Penn State is still a massive favorite in this game as they kick off at 3:30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. It's going to be chilly there, so if you're going out to the game, brace yourselves, and uh, I don't know, maybe some snow flurries. We'll see, but uh, brace for the elements. It'll be a. It should be a big performance by the offense. Think it's a good opportunity to get things right on offense. Obviously, Justin Shorter probably not going to be available. I assume he's not playing now that he's in the in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't know exactly what's happening with the quarterback situation. You probably get both guys involved again this week, but I do think that this is a game where Penn State should absolutely dominate. Get some early touchdowns, get Rutgers to roll over early on and just go ahead and take care of business the rest of the way. Let that running game flourish. I think this, this is a big blowout victory for Penn State and secure a top 10 ranking at the end of the year. That would be huge going back to this bowl scenarios we talked about yesterday. Speaking of which, let's move ahead over to the other 330 game going on. Uh, Number 12, Wisconsin at number eight, Minnesota. This game will decide the Big Ten West division champion and who gets to go on to Indianapolis next week to take on Ohio State. Wisconsin is a two and a half point favorite here. I like Minnesota here. (laughs) I really do. I think playing at home, the way that this Minnesota team has been playing, I'm convinced that this is a legitimately good team right now. I'm not saying it's a team that can beat Ohio State. But I do think it's a team that can beat Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin, obviously you know that Jonathan Taylor is going to be getting the football quite a bit as he makes his push to get closer and closer to a 2,000-yard season, very much within reach for him. Uh, But I do think Minnesota, from what we've seen out of them, I know they took the loss at Iowa, but I still think that this is a very potent Minnesota team right now. I think Tanner Morgan has two of the best wide-receiving Uh, one of the best wide-receiving duos he has in the game in the Big Ten. Rashad Bateman, I think, is going to make some big catches here for Minnesota. I like Minnesota. They had 11-1. I think they take care of business at home against the Badgers, celebrate with the Paul Bunyan's axe once again for a second straight year, and that would obviously be good, I think, for Minnesota as far as the Rose Bowl is concerned. Now, if you're a Penn State fan and you're rooting for the Rose Bowl, your rooting interest is here for Wisconsin to knock Minnesota out of the running here. Very likely move Penn State ahead of Minnesota. They're only separated by two spots in the college football playoff rankings that were released this week. And as we've seen in within the last couple of weeks, uh, if they have an identical record, the committee may favor Penn State. So that would probably bode well. I still think the Rose Bowl would take Minnesota because they don't have to go with the, big, the highest ranked team from the Big Ten, although it would be very uh, likely in most situations. But I think getting a chance to get Minnesota out to Pasadena would be pretty attractive. And I ultimately, I think it would be very rewarding for what Minnesota has done this season. So if Penn State's not going to the Rose Bowl, I want to see Minnesota in the Rose Bowl. I think they take a giant step forward to that goal right there with a win this weekend against Wisconsin. And one last 330 game in the Big Ten. Not too much of interest here. Maryland taking on Michigan State on the road. The big key here is Michigan State needs this win in order to become bowl eligible It's been a rough year for Mark D'Antonio and the Spartans. They are a 22-point favorite against Maryland. Another team that may just be kind of ready to pack it in for the season and get ready to try and adjust things moving forward. This is not a good situation for Maryland to be in. I am I still think Michigan State stinks, but I think that they are not nearly as stinky as Maryland. So if that's a kind of way of saying that I think Michigan State becomes bowl eligible, so be it. I do think that they get the win. I don't know if they cover twenty two, but I do think that they are going to be able to go to a bowl game, and uh, that should be interesting, I guess. But I if obviously if Maryland wins this game. I think we have some major storylines to be following in the coming days, maybe the coming weeks for Michigan State. Because if, if ever there was a chance where Michigan State would take a the moment to maybe wipe the slate clean with the football program, giving to all the negative headlines that we've seen with this program the last few seasons and some of the struggles we've seen on the field, it might be a good time if Michigan State does not reach the bowl season to maybe strongly consider a regime change a coaching change in East Lansing. So I don't know if that's a given that that would happen, but uh, it would be the strongest possibility we've seen in quite some time for any possible change at Michigan State if that were to happen. So that's your look at the round of the Big Ten. Coming up in the next segment and our final segment of the day, we will take a look around the rest of the top 25. Again, some key games of interest that Penn State fans should be keeping a close eye on this weekend as they look to continue to see where they're going to be heading in the bowl season. This is a Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash nittany. Well, we know what's happening around the Big Ten, but what about the rest of the top 25? And are there games that Penn State fans should be having a little bit of a rooting interest in? Well, the answer is yes. And let's talk about some of those games that are going on right now. There is another game going on on Friday with the top 25 team in action. It's number 24, Virginia Tech on the road against Virginia. This is a big game because the winner of this game will win the ACC Coastal Division and move on to the ACC Championship game next week to take on Clemson. Now, neither one of these teams is very likely to give Clemson much of a competition there in the ACC title game, but you got to keep an eye on this one because the winner of this game could potentially be a bowl matchup for Penn State in say the Orange Bowl which we discussed yesterday. The Orange Bowl is guaranteed to get an ACC team and while the champion is supposed to go to the the Orange Bowl, it's very likely that Clemson will win the ACC and move on to the college football playoff, meaning that the Orange Bowl is going to have to get a different ACC team. So probably the best option would be the next highest ranked team. Now Virginia Tech with a loss to Clemson may not be ranked, but they are the only other ACC team that is currently ranked. So that would mean that if they're in the ACC championship game, I think there's a very good opportunity to see them go to the Orange Bowl. So either way, I think the winner of this game is probably going to be playing in the Orange Bowl. So if you're thinking about Penn State in the Orange Bowl, maybe take a look at this game on Friday afternoon at noon and see uh, what they have to look at. Now, it's kind of interesting to me as far as Virginia Tech is concerned, Penn State has never played Virginia Tech in football. And of course, there's now an opportunity where they could play twice in the next three games. And that's because, uh, or not the, the next three games, but Penn State could potentially face Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. And then they're going to play again in week two of the 2020 season. So uh, we could have a f- quickly developing rivalry going on with Penn State and Virginia Tech if Virginia Tech wins this game. Now, Virginia is the home team. They have played very well, but they have had some problems with the Hokies. Virginia Tech's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite as they have really turned their season around. Kind of like Virginia Tech in this game uh, just because uh, I'll believe that Virginia can beat Virginia Tech when I finally see it. Elsewhere, on Friday. Lots of good stuff happening on Friday, by the way. 3.30 p.m. Cincinnati at Memphis. A lot of stuff riding on the group of five outcome here. And again, if you're thinking about Penn State in the Cotton Bowl, the winner of this game could potentially be in the Cotton Bowl. Memphis is probably the best team out there as far as the group of five is concerned. I hear Boise State fans right now, if they're listening to this, I know they're chiming in right now. Boise State's a very good team. Uh, but Memphis is probably the best team out there in the American Athletic Conference. And I think the AAC could very be likely be getting another team in that New Year Six. And the winner of this game may or may not actually be that team because they could very well be playing again next week in the AAC Championship game. So what's at stake here? Cincinnati wins. They've already clinched their division, so they already have that wrapped up. But if Cincinnati wins, they will host the AAC championship game next week. If Memphis wins, Memphis will clinch their division, the AAC West division, and by virtue would have home field advantage next week against Cincinnati so it's very possible that Cincinnati could be in Memphis again next week for the conference championship game Uh, so the winner these are the two best teams in the AAC if Memphis loses that opens the door for Navy to possibly win the division and then head to Cincinnati but uh, this is definitely a game you want to keep an eye on because again it could be another potential bowl matchup partner for Penn State uh, the winner out of this game and probably next weekend's game as well uh, also at 3.30 on, on Friday, you've got Boise State in action. Again, you want to talk group of five in the Cotton Bowl, uh, keep an eye on this game because Boise State could very well be running their way to another Mountain West Conference Championship. They'll be in action against Colorado State. They already wrapped up the, their division. They're going to play in the Mountain West Conference Championship game, and I think they're just going to look for some style points on the road against Colorado State. Appalachian State's still hanging in there, too. They're in action on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Uh, just keep an eye on them just in case things happen in the Mountain West and the American Athletic Auto Conference. I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that Appalachian State could sneak in there, uh, but just keep an eye on that. Well, obviously, Penn State saw Appalachian State last year, so they didn't know what's going on there. But let's move ahead to Saturday, and we're going to run down a lot of these games pretty quickly because we're already going pretty late, and I want to make sure you, you're not late for your second helping of Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, so number three, Clemson, is going to open the day at noon on the road against South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina has much of a chance here. I think Clemson is too locked in. Clemson is a big 27 and a half point favorite against the Gamecocks. I do think South Carolina can fight though. And I think you know this is a rivalry game. So you never know quite what to expect, but it would be something if South Carolina won this game. As far as many, any upset, if, if Clemson does stumble here, I don't think that changes Penn State's bowl outlook too much because like I said earlier, the, uh, the orange bowl is going to get the ACC champion. A loss to South Carolina is not going to change Clemson's outcome in the ACC. Probably the playoff, but either way, uh, Penn State, Clemson, and the Orange Bowl, that'd be pretty interesting. But anyway, let's move on. Elsewhere at noon, number four, Georgia looking to lock up. uh, Well, they can't lock it up yet, but looking to make sure they stay in that top four in the college football playoff. They'll be on the road against Georgia Tech. Big 28-and-a-half point favorite there for the Bulldogs. Georgia Tech's been having a rough season. I Don't expect them to get any better against Georgia, who plays some really good defense. The Iron Bowl at 3.30 p.m. Alabama number five, Auburn number 15. Obviously, you, you probably want to root for Auburn here just to knock Alabama down a peg. But even if Alabama were to lose, I still think they're going to stay ahead of Penn State. So I don't really know if there's really much reason to get too invested in this game one way or the other. I do think that Alabama still has more than enough talent, even without Tua Valola, to get the win on the road against Auburn. They are a three-point favorite on the road uh, against the Tigers. I do think Alabama wins this game, and they will stay in the playoff mix and just waiting for that door to open a, just a little bit, and it could very well still happen. Top 10 team in action is the Baylor Bears, number 9. They're finishing up their regular season on the road against Les Miles' Kansas Jayhawks, Baylor's a 14-point favorite. I think that they are ready to go into the Big 12 championship game next week against Oklahoma with an 11-1 record. I think they go on the road in Lawrence and come out of there with a victory against Kansas. Uh, Kansas is going to be pretty interesting move forward, but Baylor's pretty locked in right now. They're, they're pretty darn good. In the Pac-12, number 14 Oregon took a big fall last week after they lost to Arizona State. They're still going to the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Oregon State needs to win this game in order to become bowl-eligible Don't think they do it, though. Uh, I think they're going to need a lot of help just to beat Oregon. I think Oregon's going to bounce back a little bit, kind of send a message, and remind people that they really are a pretty good team. And I think defense is going to be a big reason why Oregon wins this game and holds off the Beavers yet again in Austin Stadium. Oregon's a 19-and-a-half point favorite. Kind of like that, too. Uh, Elsewhere in Pac-12 territory, Stanford, who's not going to a bowl game, is going to be hosting number 16, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's just kind of sitting there in the top 20, just kind of of chilling with a 92 record. Not a whole lot to say about Notre Dame at this point. They're not going to be in the playoff. They're probably not going to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game unless they get a few things to go their way because they're not ranked high enough. So very interested to see where Notre Dame goes from here. At 7 o'clock at night on ESPN, number two, LSU hosting Texas A&M. They played about a gazillion overtimes last year, and Ed Orgeron has said that they are looking forward to making sure that they don't have to deal with any of that this year. They're a big 17-point favorite. Texas A&M just... I thought it was going to be more of a wild card team to pay attention to this season. That certainly hasn't panned out. And the way that LSU is playing, I don't see how the how the Aggies can last four quarters, let alone 17 and a half overtimes against this, against this Tiger team. I think LSU is really good. Number 23, Iowa State on the road to Kansas State. Again, not a whole lot riding on here uh, as far as the outcome is concerned. Not a whole lot to be paying attention to here. Number six, Utah Uh, hosting Colorado. Colorado needs to win in order to become bowl eligible. But Utah also has to win because if Utah does not win this game, not only are they out of the college football playoff picture, but USC would go on to play in the Pac-12 championship game as the Pac-12 South champions. USC has already wrapped up their season. They're just kind of sitting there hoping that Colorado can give them a little bit of help. So if Utah loses, USC will play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. If Utah wins, it'll be Utah versus Oregon and Utah will get to keep their playoff hopes alive for at least one more week and see if they can manage to move up a couple of spots in that championship game weekend. Number 11, Florida hosting Florida State also at 7.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. This is a game that Penn State fans should be paying attention to because if Florida just manhandles Florida State, I'd be very curious to see if that's enough justification to move Florida ahead of Penn State in the next college football playoff rankings that will come out before the conference championship game the reason that why that's important is because the orange bowl will take the highest select or the highest ranked team available to them from the sec or the big 10 and as we've explained penn State's certainly currently sitting in that position where they would be that team if the rose bowl doesn't take penn state so yeah, florida's could be a little bit of an issue here again michigan beating ohio state it's a big problem too but florida if they kind of dominate florida state i'd be very curious to see how that plays with the selection committee. I don't know if it'll be enough. Unless Penn State looks kind of shabby against Rutgers and has a poor performance. So that's why this weekend is still pretty big as far as that is concerned. Obviously the Cotton Bowl could still be an option there, but uh if you want to go to the Orange Bowl, you got to have a good showing this weekend and maybe Florida State gives them a battle. That'd be that'd be good. <laughs> I don't know if I expect it though, but we'll see what happens there in Gainesville. And one last game involving top 25 teams. It's number seven, Oklahoma, visiting number 21, Oklahoma State. The Bedlam game, of course, is always must-watch TV to me. I do think that Oklahoma is ready to take care of business here, but they have not looked all that great Uh, coming down the stretch of this final month of the season. They have had some close calls. And they could be in for another close call. Chubba Hubbard, number one running back in the country uh, is for a lot of people's money. And I think he's well-deserving of a spot in the New York City for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Uh, Not saying he's going to win it, but he should absolutely be there. And hopefully he has a good opportunity to showcase what he's all about against this Oklahoma team. Oklahoma is already going to the big 12 championship. They're still kind of hoping that there's a spot for them in the playoff. They don't need too much help, but they're only, they are still three spots out of that number four position. So they do need to win. They do need to win a little bit impressively this week and next week in the big 12 championship game. If they are to crack into that final four at the end of the season, I still think it's a possibility for Oklahoma and they could even pass Utah in the process, but they're going to need to tighten things up a little bit if they are going to make that happen. So They still have some work to do. They probably still need a little bit of help, but it's entirely there for Oklahoma as long as they take care of their business as well. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on this Thanksgiving Thursday. Thank you so much for spending part of your holiday with me, talking some Penn State football, taking a look around the nation and the Big Ten. Or if you took the day off from the podcast and you're just catching up on Friday, welcome back. Welcome into Black Friday. Get ready for all those shopping deals if you haven't already, and we'll try to get you through that. I've got some fun stories to talk about that as well in Friday's episode. Also in tomorrow's episode, it'll be our Football Friday episode where we take a look at our final look at this weekend's game between Penn State and Rutgers. Some things to look for, some things to pay attention to, and of course, my official prediction for this weekend's game. If you have a mailbag question, feel free to submit them as well. We'll spend some time answering some more of your questions around out the week. If you're coming up with a conversation or you're having a debate with a family member at Thanksgiving and you want me to settle the score, let me know. It doesn't have to be football related. If you want, we'll have some fun with this as well. But send in your questions. We'll answer them in a mailbag segment in tomorrow's episode as we round out the week and close out the regular season in grand style. To make sure you never miss a single episode of the podcast, the best way to do that is to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback. We want to know what you think about the show, and we want to see how we can improve it moving forward and of course if you want to leave that review it will help with our placement on those various podcasting apps as we try to continue to grow the show so your support does mean a lot to us and it does help us out as well so any help you can lend us would be greatly appreciated and of course we want you to stay connected to the show and be a part of the show by following us on twitter at locked and give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash locked now if you're listening to this on thursday thanksgiving make sure you go and spend the rest of your holiday with your friends and family have an extra slice of pumpkin pie just for me or if you want load up a second plate of mashed potatoes and go to town because there's no better way to spend your Thanksgiving than with a full plate of mashed potatoes and gravy with some stuffing on the side. And again, as many slices of pumpkin pie as you can humanly manage. Don't overboard it, but indulge. That's what this day is really all about. All right, guys, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll see you again on Friday.